Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, we talk about how to get your spouse on board with building your family through adoption. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name's Tim Elder, and this is the podcast all about domestic infant adoption. So if you are a faithful listener, if you're first time you're listening, welcome. Thank you for joining me. I'm a dad of three through infant adoption. My wife and I just finalized our second little girl's adoption, so we are pretty pumped up. We're pretty excited. Uh, and today is a special episode because it's sponsored by Bethany Christian Services. You know, Bethany is a full-service Christian nonprofit adoption agency with locations in 36 states across the country. They've been helping people adopt since 1944, and they're going to help you create an adoption plan that's right for you and your family. They'll be there along the way to support you every step of the way, and the journey really doesn't end when your adoption is finalized. Bethany offers post-adoption services for families, adoptive parents, and adoptees. So I invite you to check out some of their stories and learn how to get started over at bethany.org forward slash infant adoption guide. Okay, so on today's episode, we're going to have a great discussion with Donna Nicholson. She is the National Director of Adoption Services, and uh, she's going to be here to talk to us about how to get our spouses on board with building our families through adoption. And she's worked with children and family for over 25 years. She earned a degree in psychological counseling in 1994, acquired a license as a professional clinical counselor in 1997. And while working for her master's degree, she learned her love for children and service for children. And she began her career as a child and family therapist, working with families involved in state foster care systems. So she joined the Bethany Christian Services team as a branch manager in the state of Missouri. She recently been promoted, as I said, to the National Director of Adoption Services. So you're going to hear her experience, her passion, her heart for serving expected parents, serving adopted families uh, to the best of her ability. And she does just an amazing job of sharing her wisdom, her experience, her ideas about how to get our spouses on board with plans to build our families through adoption. So it's going to be different for everybody. And I, she did such a great job. I know you're going to get a lot out of this interview. So let's get started with Donna Nicholson. All right. Hello and welcome to the show, Donna. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Tim. How about yourself? I'm fantastic. And welcome back to the show. Thank you for coming back on. You're a great guest back on episode number 45 when we talked about open adoption. So I'm so happy to have you back on the show. Well, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, so and today we're tackling kind of a, a tough topic, but an important one, how to get your husband, and maybe not just your husband, maybe just your spouse, as we'll talk about, right. on board with your plans to build your family through adoption, because it really can be scary and an exciting you know, start to your adoption journey. You know, when you finally realize that, hey, yeah, adoption can be part of our plans, you certainly want to make sure you both are on the same page it's one of the biggest things you're going to do in your life together, build your family through adoption. So a lot of us, even before we start that, the process can hit this major roadblock with not being on the same page. So that's just why I think it's an mm -hmm. important topic that we can we'll get into. And I just, I guess, really wanted to discuss with you first, um, what does getting on the same page even mean? Like, what does getting on board mean? And it sounds like, and I know it will, it is different <laughs> with the guys than it is the ladies. So let's talk about that, too. 
Well, and I think getting on the same page and getting on board actually have different meanings as well. You know, it would be really nice if it was as simple as uh, making a decision for what we're, what restaurant we're going to go to on a Friday <laughs> night. But uh, obviously, it's it's not that easy. So getting on the same page might mean that you're both thinking about it, but you're not ready to proceed. So you might be on the same page as you're processing how to build your family. And then there might be times even as you're walking, you're on the same page, then you're not on the same page. Um, Getting on board, I feel like means more about you're ready to proceed in the adoption journey and you're ready to say yes to it. So I, I think they're very different. So it as we talk through this, we'll kind of go through more things and I'll, I'll share more things. But honestly, just in our married lives, how many times are we not on the same page or how many times do we not agree on things? And right. if you think of how important it is about building your family and what that means, wow, I guess it's more surprising that people are on the same page, honestly, if you think about it in that terms. So, and we'll talk more about that. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, we're there's lots of times you may not be on the same page and the major life events come along. You know, even when you're ready to get mm-hmm. married, you may not be on the same page right. or buying a house. <laughs> you know? So this having children is another big one. And you know, um, a lot, as a lot of us come into adoption, we come through uh, infertility. And I mean, that in itself is a major life event that we have to together work right. through and together uh, grieve. And we, we do different things to grieve. Obviously being men and women, we grieve differently and, and how we handle that. So let's talk about that a little bit, what the differences are between the men and the women as you've seen it uh, as far as going through the process, uh, especially moving away out of for infertility and into adoption. Well, I think, you know, I guess the main difference, and it's really personality styles as well, but men tend to grieve internally and women tend to grieve externally. And I think the hard piece about it is men also want to make it better And so it is really hard for a husband to see his wife grieving. And so how I think the tendency is more to fix it than it is to let her be in her grief where she's at. Um, I also think the difference uh, in there's, gosh, in this, I am talking so general. I mean, everybody, a husband and a wife can all can cross paths as far as how they feel in this. So this is not a hundred percent at all. But um, typically, a, a wife feels that she really has, has to process, do I want to give up the hope that of carrying a baby, of having a, um, it's not, it, it's part of it is definitely biological, but the other part is the feeling of a, that maternal feeling of carrying a baby to term and, and having that baby. And so a lot of, of wives and women wrestle with that, you know, they just, how do I let go of that? When do I know that we've done enough to say we can't do anymore? And for men, a lot of it is kind of the, the legacy of bloodline, you know, how, you know, in the question of, you know, I really, you know, I, I can't imagine myself parenting a child that I didn't you know, conceive with my wife and well, how will that be different? So a lot of questions of the what ifs for the husband. So they do come at it in general in different ways and process it in different ways. You know, women have a a hard time, especially when dealing with infertility, seeing other people that are pregnant. And there's a lot of emotions that go through that. And, And just the whole, I've heard women say so much about, they get frustrated and there's a couple frustrations, but one is that a lot of, you know, you hear this, you, you see it that a lot of women are getting pregnant 
easily and they don't have the means to care for the children. And then you have a woman who wants nothing more than to conceive a child and is in, the, in a place where she can do that well, and, and yet she can't. And, and it, it, it's just, it feels like this unfairness of that, you know, how, and what do you do with that? And so the women, the expectant parents, you know, how do you, how do you grapple with as a, you know, the mom to a mom as you're entering in this process or deciding if you're going to, because at some point, um, if you're going, especially going down the domestic, but at any point you have to face that there's another mother in this circumstance. And how do you, how do you wrap your, your heart around those feelings, you know, and, and, and random feelings come up about, you know, what if she's using drugs? I would never use drugs, right? She's smoking during the pregnancy. I would never have smoked during the pregnancy. So you're wrestling with all these feelings. And so just knowing that feelings are okay, they're not wrong. And and all of that, you can still walk through this process. But spouses need to be supportive to each other and not, um, they can't, even though they might grieve differently, they can't grieve in isolation of each other. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think part of it is, uh, at least with us, was understanding where the other one was at. And in our journey, when we first started the adoption process, we were going through infertility. And yeah, my wife, we were each grieving about it, but differently, of course. And I think you're right. I came to the point I was wanting to fix it. And we were like, I didn't want to see her grieve any longer. I just wanted to be a dad. And she just wanted to be a mom. And this, this adoption was a way to do that. So let's go. And so I was, I ended up being <laughs> on board or maybe on board. Yeah. On board with <laughs> the adoption plan before <laughs> she was. Now, thankfully she didn't um, take too much longer to, to come around. And I recognized that she needed some time to come around. And so we kept talking about it and, and we both came to the conclusion. That's what we wanted to do. Uh, but it could be hard. I'm sure it's hard uh, for if you have one spouse that's already on board, already saying, yep, I'm ready. And then their spouse is not. Um, maybe it's different. I'm sure it's different for guys or women. How do you recognize that your spouse is in a different place? And then what are what tips or what do you recommend for folks to do while they wait, you know, or while they hope their spouse comes on board with them? So here's one thing I'd like to start this with. It is so very common for one spouse to be ready and the other spouse not to. What it feels like on the other side is that you're terribly alone, that you're the only couple that's wrestling with this, that everybody else have been in, you know, in sync with moving into the adoption planning process, but that is not the case. Um, it is so common for people to be at different places. But the important piece of this is that you talk about it. I think the hard piece about it is so much of this is suffered in silence. And it, 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 it's a, an additional grief level that you have to, to work through, right? If you're ready to go and your spouse says no, then there's this loss that you also have to kind of work through. And, and how do you keep the lines of communication open, you know, through that? It doesn't mean something's wrong with your, their marriage. It doesn't mean that 
you know, you've made the wrong decision. If you don't agree or your spouse is against your desire to adopt, doesn't mean that your relationship isn't healthy and that you won't eventually get to the same page. So I kind of want to start there because it's important to acknowledge, I think, when our heart is set on building a family and, and suddenly we realize, you know, we get so triggered by, well, then how do, you know, then, then I've made a, a mistake. You know, no, no, you're just, we we'll both have life circumstances that we bring to the, to the marriage and things have happened. So we have to give each other time, but through that we have to communicate. And so I think uh, communication is the key. I'm just going to start there. It's a tough, I, I think for both sides, if you bring it up, um, for a man, if he, if a husband brings it up, and I don't know, Tim, if you felt this way, if I bring up about adoption, is that going to cause her pain? Is she going to feel like I'm rejecting her? Is how will this, how will she take it? And so, I think in, there's more reluctance in bringing it up because of fear of that you're going to hurt the other spouse or they're not going to like the idea, as opposed to just bringing it up and talking about it. And even if that the first time someone hears an idea. Um, especially if there's been a lot of grief associated in getting to that spot, the first thing that they say is not really where they always land, right? Um, the first thing you might get from your spouse is some raw emotion that they're feeling. Um, and, and they're coming from a really raw place at that time. And so just hold on that that's not where they're going to land in this. But that just might be the initial response. So even if the initial response is negative, don't Stop there and, and give it up and say this will never happen. So acknowledge your spouse's concerns and fears and listen to them. Just engage with your spouse. If you're the one who's ready to go and your spouse isn't, really try to say, hey, help me understand what's what are you what what's pre- preventing you or what are you hoping um, we can do? You know, just opening up the doors of communication. Because with women, you know, are they when do they decide that they're ready to start stop infertility treatments and give up hope of carrying a baby to term? You know, what if she's feeling like a failure because she can't have a biological child? And for the man, you know, it might be again he feels like a failure because he can't fix the problem and. So there's just a lot of things or he he struggles with a lot with can I really love a child that is not biologically mine? What is going what is this child going to come with? What kind of genetic stuff? I think the guy goes to the what ifs a lot more than the the I think a, a wife tends to to have that she thinks about the the nurturance of a baby and taking care of the baby. And I think the, the husband goes more towards the, all the possible things that can go wrong, right? Through the adoption process. And so what the husband may fail to look at is the joys that come with it. But again, to give him time to get there is really important. So you really, it's really important to air those differences between you rather than covering them up or smoothing them over. Or if, if one of the spouses get emotional and, and the other spouse doesn't like emotion, you got to go to those difficult places. You definitely have to do that. So, and just remember that people approach change in different speeds and in different ways. And so for, they, you know, either spouse might want to exhaust every biological option before they consider adoption. I've heard a lot of different families say, I've had families that come into the adoption process without doing any infertility stuff. 
So they might not have done an IUI or an IVF or anything like that. They've never achieved a pregnancy. They don't go want to go down that journey. And then I've had others that have done everything that they feel they can. They might have also achieved a pregnancy and lost that pregnancy at some spot. And so every everybody that uh, comes into the adoption process through infertility is at such different levels too. So all of them are losses, right? Um, and so depending on how one grieves or how one processes the loss in their life will affect how long it takes them to get ready or get on board with it too. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot to consider and there's a lot to this. It's not, it's not one dimensional. I don't even, I think it's, it's obviously more than three dimensional. I don't even know how many dimensions there are to this, <laughs> but there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, there's so many different situations and, and you're like, you said before, right. different personalities too. It's not just a all guys are this way or all women are this way. It's uh, yeah. A lot of different personalities, but, and I think what we're going to talk about here, I think is more in general. I mean, it's hard to, you can't talk mm-hmm. about all personalities, but in general, so like, let's say, um, women are listening to this and mm-hmm. they're maybe more ahead of where their husband is in their adoption planning and their, uh, their accepting of adoption as a way to build their family. What, could they say or do I mean you already mentioned communication obviously we need to mm-hmm. communicate well but how do they do that or what what is a good way for them to to reach out to their husband and help him along without beating him over the head with hey this is what we're going to do we need to do this we need to do this <laughs> I think letting him know that you're going to educate yourself about adoption and ask his permission if you can share it with him you know, let him know what your plans are. Let him know there's no pressure to get started. You want him to be feeling comfortable with this too. But in the meantime, you're going to do some investigation and exploring on what adoption is all about. You know, maybe you've come to the table of adoption not knowing much at all. And so how do you even start that process? And so there's a great way to get, um, if he's willing, you know, would he be willing to go to an information meeting? And so, Adoption seminars or information meetings are really impersonal, and they're a great way to start. They're impersonal. You're not going to be targeted, but they're very informative. You get to hear a lot about the realities of adoption. I think one of the, the biggest things that happen is in the, in the, the media, in everything that we hear, in, in probably our extended family as well, there's a lot of myths that go through adoption. And so if, if he is at least open-minded, not open-minded, but willing to attend anything just to hear what's different. I always tell families, too, when they're considering adoption, don't watch Lifetime movies. Just don't do it. It's not healthy. It's not reality. And please don't do that. So if she's if he's willing and if and then ask if if he if she can also share information as as they go along. The other thing that I would also encourage too, there's wonderful um, social media support for families that are going through this. There's a uh, group uh, and uh, uh, creating a family is a wonderful uh, place. It's about adoption, infertility, education, and support. So you can they have a closed group, they have an open group, 
Um, there's other there's other sources as well, but getting to a place where there's other people experiencing the same thing, and and so you can hear what other people are thinking or feeling. Would your husband be willing to reading an article that might have been written um, about uh, adoption after infertility, or you know? So it's just pulling him along little by little. You're right, not crushing him, not not forcing him, uh, not giving him ultimatums. There's no that's not healthy at all. And he, there will, you will see movement. Uh, you will see movement. So I think it's important just to 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 acknowledge what his, you know, encourage him to express his fears. Don't discount his fears. Acknowledge what he feels. You know, it might be that he's afraid of the cost. Everybody, you know, that's kind of the first thing that happens, especially with the man, the father, the husband is like, how are we going to afford this? You know. Um, and the interesting thing about that is the husband is willing to invest in big, you know, purchases. But when you think about building your family through adoption, sometimes um, husbands are a little less willing to go that route. So it's just something, you know, just again, acknowledging where he's at, acknowledging what his his fears are, um, but doing that without judgment. Yeah, I would totally agree with all that. And, and being a guy and knowing and been through the process several times i would say for women that are listening to this if know your man obviously know what what Mm -hmm. makes him tick and if you can like you suggested see if you can engage him in the process like like we've said before men like to fix things so maybe there's a way for you as a woman to say okay maybe we can engage him by allowing him to find a way to fix something in the process or, or to help research in the process. So what got me really yes. hooked in the beginning was I, I was, I was just passionate about, I was obsessed without finding how we're going to do this. So I was the one diving into research about all the agencies and all the different ways to do it. Do we adopt domestically, internationally? And I was one calling around and talking to people and figuring this out because I, that was a way for me to fix something. I could, move the process forward by me having some action. And so that uh, if you can find a way for your, your man to get in there and, and, and engage him with doing something like that, maybe it's not something that big or full research, but give him a little something to, to uh, try, like go to him and say, hey, you know, I don't know what agency we could go to. I've got, mm-hmm. there's, uh, there's probably 10 different agencies around here. Which do you think would work? You know, maybe he, that would engage him a little bit. Sure. And, and you know, I, the seminars or information meetings, too, one of the things that I think is important as well is we always go to ones that have um, family panels, parent panels. And I know that it's always been a significant thing when we've had information meetings that having, we always have two families at them. And both of the families have, have were not on board at the same time. And they were, they're both, they're opposites. So one was the wife, one was the husband, and they share that piece of it. And I think just being in the presence of someone who's farther down the journey, who said, this is how we felt. And now seeing where they are, I think that's helpful and reinsuring as well. And so just hearing from someone who's been through the process, if he's willing to do that, but in a non-threatening environment is, is, you know, as much as you can do that. So whether that's, if you can find either blogs or videos or anything to just, um, you know, at his comfort level, you know, to expose them if he's willing, you know, and, and I, I think all of that's helpful because when you, when you're fearful, 
you don't want to move, right? You don't want to change. You don't want to do anything because you're afraid. And so acknowledging, how do you, how do you acknowledge your spouse's fears? How do you, how do you make him or her know that it's okay to be where they're at at that moment? Um, I wish I could say that everybody who, I know there's a kind of a belief that before you can start in the adoption process, that everybody has to have this totally worked out, right? <laughs> you got to be on the same page. You've got to know all. It's kind of like you need a crystal ball to decide all the steps in your future. You have to work this all out and you have to know everything right then before you start the adoption process. And that is so far from the truth. Um, it doesn't have to be that way. Does, does a spouse have to be willing to proceed? Yes. Does a spouse have to be able to verify through something that they've totally reconciled all their grief with all their losses in their life? And no, no, not at all. Because even if at one point in our life we feel like we've reconciled whatever we're facing at that moment, something later on could trigger that. We, we in no way can make that guarantee, nor is that reality. And so knowing that we might not have you know, maybe it's a thermometer that we think about to go, how, how high are you feeling? Or, or maybe it's out of 100. What do you feel like proceeding? And maybe you're at 60%, but maybe you feel, hey, at 60%, I'm, I'm willing to invest going to a meeting or I'm willing in, to invest um, filling out a prelim application at agencies to find out a little more than, about them. So that's kind of what you look for, you know, as, as, as spouses as you're going through this. You know, if I'm meeting with a family and they're not both um, on, on right together saying we're ready to proceed, I, I think sometimes through the adoption process, the, the process is inherent to making people say things that they might not really feel to. And I'm not trying to, um, but just think about it. If I, I worry about, um, you know, husbands and wives, if, if we don't say we're ready to go, will they reject us? No. But what we want to do is, you know, if, if we can help encourage, again, we would never force a spouse to go somewhere that they're not willing to go, of course. And if, if one of the spouses said, I'm not ready to proceed, there's, we couldn't proceed. Um, but also to let them know you can be at different, you know, you, you, you may not be all the way there. It's kind of what I see with, um, when I think of when families talk, the biggest fear that families coming into adoption have is openness, right? And I know that we talked about that on the last one that I've done. But think about it. When people come in, it's the biggest fear. But once they get educated, it's not as scary as it once was. And it's the same thing with the adoption process. So if, if the spouse is willing to engage in, in, in going, starting the process, as he, as he or she goes through it, will there be less fear? Will there be more understanding? There's a high likelihood to that. I have had on a, an occasion that families that have come in and even if they seemed like they were on board together, you suddenly see when they're going through the assessment process, one is moving and the other one isn't. I had a situation, gosh, it's always the women though. I just feel bad. I, I have more situations with women, but um, so we have training that we have the families do and the husband shows up to the training and the wife doesn't show up. And so even though she was verbalizing, I want to do this, there was something inside of her that was saying, I really am not ready to do this. And so eventually they didn't finish the process and, and 
kind of kind of felt, um, you know, decided that they weren't going to proceed, but it took them some time. But it's like clues like that you can recognize that they're not both there, that they're probably not on the same page. But anyway, I'll stop talking because I just kind of ramble on about no, things. No, I think that was great <laughs> advice. Yeah, I mean, I think I give some people hope. I think listening to this, you might feel like oh, we have to both be completely on board and both be 100% in, all in or nothing. And I think that gives people hope, like what you just said there is, is, is you may not be 100% at the very beginning, but just start, take some steps and learn. I mean, knowledge is power. And I think the more you hear stories, the more you hear, learn about the process and what really is involved with it, I think the more you're willing to either accept or not the the process of building your family through adoption. And I wanted to encourage the, mm-hmm. the men and even the women, if you have a guy that just he's not going to read he's not going to he's not a big reader he's not a big blog reader or you know article guy we have done we did two episodes of, of this podcast here where we had an adoptive dad panel so two guys and myself were on awesome. the panel and we just yeah we for two episodes we talked about what it's like to be a guy in the process and what it's like when we were first matched and what it was like when we first started with our wives and what's all involved in the process, what we did, each one of our guys, each of us guys, what we did throughout the process. So we gave tips and advice, and I think it's very worth listening to episodes 35 and 36 of this podcast. So I would invite, uh, well, even the women, I think would get a lot out of it, but invite your guys to go mm-hmm. listen to it because I think it would help. They're not that long. They can listen to it in the car or whatever, and it might just open up their eyes a little bit. We also have a Facebook group, just closed Facebook group, that just for the adoptive dads or hopeful adoptive dads, actually. And uh, I'm the admin of that, and we just welcome any guy that wants to come in. So I'll provide the link in the show notes for that. But if if, if he just wants to come in and say, hey, there's only guys in here, right? Yeah. What did you guys do? How did you guys do it? Oh, you can learn, you know, from those guys in the group. Well, and I, I am curious as well. Once you start in the process, say that you have a spouse that's not quite as on board as you are when you're proceeding, I think also preparing them for how you, you're asked a lot of questions and it feels like you have to make a lot of decisions, but just also preparing. And I think hearing like from other men, hearing from someone outside yourself, you know, outside your own situation is really helpful to that. Because if you think about it, if you're, if you're um, having a child biologically, you, you know, if you have a reluctant spouse, you actually have nine months to kind of prepare for that. Right. right. And so you go through the whole process, you, you know what's happening and what to expect next. You know what to expect when you're expecting can tell you what to happen next. And your your wife might be updating you on different things. And you know suddenly if you decide to find the gender out, you find that out about 20 weeks. And you decide on names. And slowly and surely you get to that process. Okay. And for adoption, you have to know everything up front. And so just knowing that there's going to be you're going to feel the pressure of opting in or opting out, and knowing that one moment in time is probably not where you're going to be later on in the journey as you learn things about adoption, as you learn, you know, as you really think about it, you know, we've had families actually had a family, um, they've, they adopted, um, through South Africa and, um, and they have infertility as well, but they were thinking about adopting another child and, you know, just that whole thing of, we never could think about adopting a child with any kind of medical needs. And they ended up adopting a little guy that had cerebral palsy. And they said, you know, just coming to that, that, 
together saying, why can't we? We could do this, right? There's really no reason we can't. But they had to come to that together. Um, so it, you don't know that moment in time when uh, suddenly you might feel like, okay, this is something we can do. We can proceed here. But I, I'm getting a little off target. But what I wanted to just bring up is there a lot, there's a lot of things that you really do have to think about through this process. And I don't want that to deter someone that's really kind of on the, on the fence of whether or not they're um, ready. And so just to be prepared for that, I don't want them to be scared away because you, you know, there's decisions about what process of, of adoption, domestic, international, foster care adoption, you know, what's your level of openness with what type of child that you're open to, what age of the child, what um, prenatal situations are you open to with kind of exposure or what kind of medical conditions. So there's just so there are a lot of questions. And again, even if you're at point A and you have no idea, it's really okay. It's really okay because as you go through this process, you'll have more and more and more of an idea of what your openness is. So I, I had a, a, a couple one time that they didn't know, um, they didn't think they were open to a certain scenario either, but you just don't know. So don't, you can't, Nothing can be judged in a moment of time because all you have at that moment of decision is the information that you know. But as you go through the adoption process, and I'm sure you can speak to this, Tim, you know, as you expose yourself to what the reality of adoption is and all the adoption competency information, you it's like your 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 uh, view of adoption just broadens, and 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 there it and it makes you ponder. Um, and think about it in a different way. So anyway, it's just I don't want people to say, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize I'd have to know all this right now. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great point because it is a journey. You're going to go through it. And, uh, and I would say, as you said before, even if you're not 100% on board, which I don't know if anybody really is. When you first start the process, right. I don't know that I was even 100% on board. I knew that we wanted to be, I wanted to be a dad, my wife. She wanted to be a mom. We didn't know exactly what it was going to take. We didn't know exactly what we were going to have to go through. We didn't know exactly the child we were going to adopt. You know, none of that we knew. We just had the desire to be a mom and a dad. So mm-hmm. take that and take a step. Like you said, take another step, take another step. And if that means going to an informational meeting, uh, something like that. So I know Bethany offers informational meetings all across the country. Um, how mm-hmm. else does Bethany help families um, deal with this issue with uh, getting on board or, or on the same page? You know, I we offer mentor uh, couples as well. So, like, if if you have a, it's, um, you're um, in a certain area and there's a family that's farther down, and you're considering a certain, especially if you're pondering, should we do domestic? Should we do international? And 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 a spouse isn't quite sure. Really linking you up to a family who's been through the journey so that they can answer your questions um, realistically, um, and maybe even you know. Um, Distill, uh, dispel some of your your fears about the process. I think the other thing with it too is, you know, as you meet other people who've been in this process and and really start building a support group of people who are have have gone ahead of you. I think it's really helpful because they're people that you're going to rely on throughout life because you've been through a similar circumstance. So definitely linking them up with. Um, individuals is really important. Leading them into just you know different types of resources. Again, we we Bethany is is 
absolutely no pressure with it. I mean, do we want to walk beside a family and really um, advocate for a family and help them in the process? Absolutely. But we want to make sure that that's, that's their desire. And, and so it's, you know, we won't, we wouldn't force any either way, of course. Um, but we want to be, we want to be there beside you. So if there is something that comes up, um, uh, you know, we can get you information on how infertility affects um, the adoption process and expectations to be aware of. So there's more informational if that's what you need. But I think the key is, you know, if you're if you're in the process and you're having a reluctance or maybe, you know, maybe you were on board and then you suddenly backslid. Um, I had a family do this where they were, um, they were both on board. They came to one of our trainings and the information that was in the training really made them ponder if they, it was the right time. And so, you know, it's, you can backslide and that's understandable as well. So, you know, what can I, what can we provide as far as support, information, education, you mentioning social media and, and, you know, in the day of Facebook, there's a lot of support you can get. I, the, the only caveat I have to that is the positive goes with the negative. So just know sometimes it's overwhelming. And I've had people, um, families that we've worked with that have said they've had to remove themselves to some social media spots because it's just it's overwhelmingly negative and that's just real hard. So just knowing that the positive comes with the negative sometimes and, uh, and there's, and nobody filters what happens on social media really. So I don't know if that answered your oh, question, no. Tim. Yeah, that was, specifically. that was really good. Really good. Yes. Yes. Uh, I would piggyback on that a little bit and just say, if you are interested in the process, you're interested in finding out more information, absolutely find someone that has been where you want to be has gone down mm-hmm. the road where you want to go. And if that means, uh, hopefully like Bethany offers, uh, a mentoring couple, or I've heard of other places that just offer just references. So if you're considering mm-hmm. working with a, a professional and say, okay, that's great. Um, can you send me uh, contact information for references that people have gone down this road already so we can talk to them? That will be huge, huge to get their story mm-hmm. and, and hopeful it'll bring you some hope. They've done it. And mm-hmm. Thousands of people do this every year. So now there's your hope that you can do it and uh, you can make it through it. And that, that goes beyond the cost that goes beyond the risks that goes beyond all that stuff. You know, you, yes, all that stuff is there, but people have done it successfully. I've done my wife and I've done it three times, so it can be done. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, I think what I want to leave everybody with is, is hope. And I think you've done a great job Donna throughout this whole interview is, is providing that hope for people that even if you're not on the same page, even if you're not on board, there is hope. Hang in there. Keep mm-hmm. talking. Absolutely. Keep communicating and figure out how, if this is really is uh, God's plan for you. Now, when my wife and I got married, we I don't think we ever thought that, oh, God's plan for us is to have, we're never going to have biological children. We're going to have three children uh, through adoption. I don't think that was mm-hmm. our thoughts. But God's ways are not always our ways. You know, our, we don't, we don't have the master plan. He does. So mm-hmm. if, if you can if you have your faith, your faith will be tested. Our faith was tested through this too. Yes, your absolutely. Well, it's tested through infertility. Oh, really? Absolutely. I mean, it's tested yes. through the adoption process, but through infertility as well. But if you recognize that, that your faith is going to be tested, you know, that, that mm-hmm. will help you, I think, um, give you some strength as you go through the process. Like, okay, I know this is going to be hard. That's okay. Let's, 
just start and go step by step and step and work through the process and communicate together. Um, don't leave your spouse in the dust. <laughs> well, and make sure that when you choose an agency or, or how you're, you know, you're walking through the adoption process, whether it's through private, like an attorney or through an agency may, and I, I encourage to, to choose an agency just because you have that support um, that is different from an attorney situation, unless they have a social worker there. But, you know, it's, it's, you need someone that you feel comfortable with that you feel is understands your situation. That's not there to, um, you know, cause to, to judge you. They're really there to help support you and walk you through this. And, 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 you know, that's the key. If you're walking through this process and you're not quite confident with the person or the agency that you're serving, keep looking that's that you chose keep looking because you will need you will absolutely need somebody beside you through this and i've long told families there's things in the adoption process that i might not be able to fix or change but i will never walk away from you Mm -hmm. and so even in those hard times even in the times that you just you know your faith is challenged in this you need somebody who's willing to go to that tough spot with you too um, you know, and, and, and it's hard. It is absolutely hard. But I think that honestly, if, if I can say it's a, is important is, is having, knowing that, um, I, I'm trying to come up with the right words. It's not quite having your back, but just being your advocate and understanding, you know, you're, you're not, you know, there's times that you're going to be upset. There's times that we're not, you know, an agency is not asking for perfection at all. We're not asking, we're not asking for families to only come to us when they've got everything together, right? That's actually families like that are scary because they don't live in reality <laughs> and everybody has stuff they bring to the table, just yeah. knowing that it's okay. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so, um, you know, infertility treatments are invasive, the adoption process is invasive. And so knowing that you have somebody there on your side that really is there to support you and, and make sure that you have the resources you need will be the most important thing for your family. Wow. I mean, I can really tell that you've had more than 25 years of working with children and families through adoption <laughs> and counseling. I mean, you're just, you, you have that wisdom that comes out and you have the, obviously the heart to, to help people and work with people. And uh, so thank you for coming on and and sharing all that with us. And and I wanted to congratulate you for being promoted to the national director of adoption services with Bethany. So thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to do that. And I think the fun thing about it is now I get to interact with families across the whole U S. And so last night I did a training with about 300 of my closest friends. Um, But (laughs) it's just really fun to, collaborate and and learn about other families outside of the ones that I've already served. So last night was it was kind of fun because it was they were connecting with each other through the chat chat line that we had and it was just neat to see. Just neat to see and giving each other hope. Isn't that cool? Just sharing parts of their story through chat and just connecting. And so that's we're all in this together. God has bigger plans than we have. That is for certain. Um, and God's picture of what this is going to be is never what we imagine it to be when we start the journey out. It's never. But what, I've, what I have learned and what I have seen and what I've heard from families is that 
God's story that he's building is so much bigger than you could ever have imagined if we could just let him lead the process. Mm -hmm. And that's scary. And we're facing another unknown. And when things don't seem to be going the way we've, uh, we expect them to go or anticipated to go, or there's a hardship or something happens. It just seems like, where is, where are you, God? <laughs> and so it's at those moments where, you know, I know he's saying, do you trust me? I got this. Do you trust me? Yeah. Just stay the course, stay the course, and it will, it will be okay. So that's my encouragement that I leave with the family. Stay the course and, and walk it out. So he's got this. He does. Yeah. We just have to remain faithful. Very, very well said. Uh, one thing I think we didn't mention throughout all this is, is especially if you're a person of faith, pray for your spouse. You know, yes. pray for them and yourself to come together, to work together, to communicate well together, that you will go through this journey uh, together and do it to the glory of God, really, to the, that you're going to build mm-hmm. your family uh, with his plan in mind. So thank you again, Donna, for coming on today. Uh, it was right. fabulous talking to you. The time went so fast. I really appreciate you sharing all your words of wisdom with us today. Oh, can, how can people get a hold of you? Let's share that with you, t- with the folks, too. How can um, they get a hold of if, you? If, if you want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me at dnicholson at bethany.org. If you want to get a hold of um, Bethany, you can go to 1-800-BETHANY or bethany.org. Either one of those, um, you can go on our website and um, and explore through there. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm, re- you know, again, being at the national level, this is fun because I get to, I get to talk to a lot more people and just be involved in a lot more different things. That it's, it's just exciting, and I feel it's an honor to be able to, to be part of other people's journeys with this as well. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on the show today, Donna. And uh, we will talk again soon. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Tim. Yep. All right. Great interview with Donna Nicholson. She did a great job. I love this episode. It really affects all of us. You know, any couple that enters into adoption or wanting to build your family in any way, especially if you're coming into or out of infertility, into the adoption journey, the adoption process, this interview gives you some hope. I think, I hope you get a lot out of it because there's just so many tips and advice and all the links and uh, the resources that we talk about in the episode, you can find them in the show notes of this episode at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 54, since this is episode 54. I just uh, love how Donna just shared her heart with uh, you and uh, I know you got a lot out of it. And I invite you to go over to bethany.org forward slash infant adoption guide if you want to get started with Bethany on how to figure out your adoption plans and have them work with you on your adoption journey. It's bethany.org forward slash infant adoption guide. So what I wanted to leave you with is uh, I have created this uh, new website called adoptionprofilevideo.com and it is a way for you to build your adoption profile through a video that you can share with the world and especially expectant parents who are maybe looking to make an adoption plan. They can see your video and you can figure out how to make one and how to share it. And I'm going to give you three free training videos on how to get started. So just go over to adoptionprofilevideo.com. Just enter your name and email and I'll get you started. You'll see these three free videos start coming your way. And I hope you are able to join me there. 
Um, if you have not already, go to infiniteadoptionguide.com and you can see anywhere on that page how to get my four free adoption ebooks that help you save time, money, and stress as well. So thanks again for listening. Until next time, you are in my prayers as you go down the journey to build your family through infinite adoption. God bless you. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to my dad.